0: We are Cornerstone Community Church in Las Vegas Pastors. And this is our podcast. And so we sat down and decided that uh, it might be a good idea to record some podcasts on basically Christianity 101, uh, Essentials 101. And so Cornerstone's goal is to make churchmen to make men and women who worship Jesus Christ and are dedicated to the family of God under the headship of Jesus Christ. And so we are a community church that drives community. And so we wanted to put together a podcast where Gino and I are just going to come together and we're going to talk about different issues in a churchman's life. And we're just going to, we're going to ask ourselves some questions and this is a raw discussion about these issues. So uh, we, we are not the kind of men that have eight hours to edit phenomenal, um, perfectly sounding podcast. We are the kind of men that want to talk and express our thoughts and Lord willing, uh, please God bless our people and encourage them and equip them and train them uh, through this. And so here we, here we go. We are, uh, with that said, there is no reason to uh, beat around the bush because we have a lot, we have a very significant topic that we want to talk about to kick off with. And so uh, the podcast discussion of the day is this: How do I prepare for corporate worship?
1: I think that's a great question because I mean you say this is Christianity 101. However um, this is really missing from the 101 discussion I think. Um, I don't think people actually think through this, plan through this and so this is, Definitely important, yet not discussed enough. Uh, right? Your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I don't know that anybody ever uh, really sat me down and said, "Hey, do you? How do you prepare for corporate worship?" For at least the five first five years of my corp of my life as a believer.
1: Mm.
0: Did I mean? Did anybody sit you down?
1: No, I think it just they just assumed you. People assumed that people knew what to do and. when we start creating our own models or modes of worship that we all kind of have our own idea we we become less biblical and you know we lose track of what the the text encourages us to do
0: yeah i think uh i mean i I even think like early on i was like well i'm going to go to church because i know it's what i'm supposed to do and uh, i got saved in college and so i wasn't I went with my parents, uh, but again, as an unbeliever. And so then then as a believer, it was kind of like, hey, I'm going to roll out of bed. Uh, the church is 15 minutes away. And so I will leave with 10 minutes to spare <laughs> and speed and pray that I hit every green light and still get there late.
1: Yeah, just just hope I, I mean, my goal is to like, you know, just get there. If I get yeah. there, then I'm good. Yeah. Right. And um, I think that that's where, um, you know, you start losing the, the, the purpose. Yeah. You know, if you're thinking that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause worship is an active event.
1: Mm. Yeah. It's
0: not a, it's not a, I think, right. That's what distinguishes worship from the movies. My approach early salvation was probably fine for the movies. Like get there in time to get your popcorn, to get your drink and watch the show.
1: Right. Right.
0: Yeah. But if worship is an engaging God and a active submission of our heart and our will to an exalting him, then that's an active
1: work. Right. Yeah. I think what people are missing is that, um, when they think about engaging God, it's just a a me and him mentality. Yeah. And they forget that, you know, worship is a holistic thing, which includes not just our, um, personal relationship with the Lord, but uh, the entire corporate body.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, he's the head of the body. Uh, that If that symbol means anything, if it has meaning, then he's the head of the body and we are the body. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and even if you debate, whatever you debate on that text, you still have to, you're still going to come back around to Christ is the head of the church, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I've been wrong once. <laughs> by the way, today's podcast is being supported by an El Salvador uh, natural process from Us. So, Thank you. By the way, yeah, this is good. This is really good coffee. So, uh, it's unfortunate that it was not also supported by a Habit Burger today. So maybe next time. Yes,
1: let's let's uh, plan for that. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly.
0: Well, okay, so how do I prepare for corporate worship? I think this is a very fair question to ask. And and I think maybe if if you were listening and you're like, I don't understand why this topic is important. Uh, usually I hear this question asked in a little bit different way. And, and the scenario that I commonly hear is, how do I get my family on time to church on Sunday? And when I hear them say that to me, I kind of reprocess what they're asking me or what they're saying to me, and I think, oh, you're struggling to prepare your family for corporate worship.
1: Hmm.
0: Or the other one I hear is, well, my kids are bored. Which, of course, if they're unbelievers, I could understand why that'd be boring. Mm -hmm. But the flip side is, maybe we're not doing something to prepare our families for corporate worship.
1: Right, yeah, that's really sad because... When people walk into church and the church doesn't provide what they think their kids need, right? Then they say, well, this is not the place for me, right? Um, yeah, yeah that's that falls short, right? There, there's something falling short in their thinking,
0: right? Well, I think even being aware that because we are listen, if we come into the church and we're like, hey, hey, this is like a movie, then we have every right to ask the church why did you not provide a consumer product for my kids? Mm. Right. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Uh, But of course that's revolutionary for some. I mean, some of us got saved in churches where it was a 45 minute package program that's packaged so well. And so precisely that it's like, it's like it's like a, it's like a production. It's like an NFL game, right? Like, I mean, they, they got producers and directors and executive producers, stagehands and the man they got everything moves and the pastor provides the joke right at the right time and he doesn't miss his mark and that's a consumer. That's a show. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I can't help but think of, uh, you know, food and preparation of food and you know, that, that corporate mentality, everything is branded and perfectly packaged so that, uh, the, the last thing you want to do is upset the consumer. Um, because it, they didn't meet their expectations,
0: right? Could you imagine you watch your favorite sport and your the professionals are not prepared, right? Yeah, it would be it, honestly backyard football fun to play, probably not fun to watch.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, but this is corporate worship. This isn't even like an event, right? This is hey, this this is you coming together as the body of Christ with responsibilities to God. And so I kind of think, right, how do you prepare for corporate worship? How do you get your family ready for corporate worship? And it seems to me like the first, the, the very first thing you have to realize in corporate worship is that you have to be prepared, right? I mean, distinguish it in your head. This is not a movie. It's not movie, family movie night. It's not a TV show. It's not. It's not a spectator sport, right? I mean, so to me, it would be like, Maybe, maybe the first thing to realize is almost like, I think even in writing out kind of my answer to this question, it was almost like, oh, yeah, duh. The first thing that you'd want to do is be prepared.
1: Yeah, that's um that's challenging, right? Because you do, there is, um, you know, not everybody in the family is necessarily always on board. Right. Um, and so part of that preparation goes deeper than just getting everyone there on time. You, you have the kids who are, you know, you know, maybe they just don't like the idea of sitting there. Um, maybe you know, um, maybe the wife uh, is on a different page a little bit, and and so you know, the expectations are kind of all over the place. Like, how do you navigate yeah. through that?
0: Yeah, expectations. Boy, that's the that's the million dollar like nasty word, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So that's that's those are difficult challenges. They're real challenges, and anyone struggling with it. I mean, I think you know. Part of it, part of this podcast is to help, right? Yes. It's not to say like, hey, you know, you are, you know, you're doing the worst job ever. No, it's, it's, it's realizing that this is something everyone struggles with, and we weren't there before at one point, and right. we're still trying to get there better every time.
0: Right, and I feel like too, like if I just assume everyone in the house every Saturday in their mind is thinking like me to prepare for corporate worship that the, the next day is the worst day for us. Right. Because for me, it was like, Oh yeah. I mean, I need to Vince Lombardi it, go back to the basics and every Saturday remind the kids and the, and you know, the family guys, we need to prepare for corporate worship.
1: Yeah, there's a reason why the coach uh, of any good team uh, says the same thing all the time. Right. And why he's there on, you know, on game day. I mean, they already know the plays, they already know what to do, but the coach is still there. Right. What is he there for? Well, he still, he still, uh, he still has to lead them and, and point them in the right direction.
0: Yeah. So I think just right. Uh, I mean, listen, we all prepare for work. I'm amazed at how many people, you know, oh, on Monday night, I got to go to bed at 9 o'clock so that I can get up at 5 a.m. I need an hour to get ready, you know, to, to, make my, to make my eggs and to, excuse me, to get out the door. And so we do these things when it comes to work, date night, Men prepare for their date night. Hopefully,
1: men prepare for your date night. Um,
0: yeah, don't don't just
1: ask her where she wants to eat. That's how you prepare.
0: Yeah, exactly. And maybe even ask a couple days in advance.
1: Exactly. As yeah. you, if you try and ask that night, then you'll never know. Yeah, you'll look, never, you'll never get there.
0: Right. Look, look, look at your bank. Right. Make okay. sure you got enough money to get right. where you're going. Yeah. Right. Nothing worse than you get out and you're like, oh, sir, your credit card's declined. Dope, honey. Yeah. Can you pay for this? Yeah. Uh, embarrassing moments on a date. But, right, so you prepare like you prepare for anything else. I mean, gosh, if we can prepare to watch the game on a Saturday at 3 o'clock and make sure we've got our chips and salsa and uh, our foot rest, I think for, right, a lot of us just kind of assume we can slide into Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And and maybe that's even a little bit of, right, even if you grow up a Christian, your parents may have not told you that. And, again, don't blame your parents because they're doing the best they can. And so we, as churchmen need to be, we need to be preparing people. And so how do you prepare? I, I think, right. The first thing that comes to my mind and, okay, so you've sold me, I need to prepare for corporate worship. The second thing uh, is you probably need to ask yourself and figure out what exactly are we going to be doing on Sunday morning?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that brings up a question, right? Cause you, you mentioned that that term churchman, right? I think, um, I don't know if most people know what that term means. What do you mean by that, Jason?
0: I just, I just mean someone who is committed to Christ and understands that he or she has a responsibility to the body of Christ.
1: Yeah, I do love that term because it does force you to think about the body. Yes. And, um, you, you know, we I feel like we lack, if we lack anything in the men today, we lack churchmen. Yes, I agree.
0: Yeah, men who are not only, right, men who know their responsibilities uh, and are faithful to their responsibilities, but then also men who want to teach other people how to be faithful to these responsibilities.
1: Good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah I, I mean, cause everything really needs to be in the grid of being in a disciple maker. So it's not just at the end of the day, once you have your family figured out, it doesn't stop there. It carries on into the other people in the church that don't have their family figured out that need our help figuring out their family and worshiping right. It's disciple making, learner making
1: right so would you say that churchmen are uh, are becoming a churchman is is uh, in essence equal to being a faithful disciple
0: yeah yeah i think in the way i'm using this phrase absolutely okay yeah if you're if you're a faithful disciple you can be noted as a churchman
1: okay yeah
0: and so i think right one uh understanding what you're going to do on sunday morning is important mm. uh, and so right that begs the question well what's a, what, what are you going to do in corporate worship well what, what is it going to look like? What, what, what kind of things are going to happen in your worship service? And by the way, if you don't know, if you emailed me as a visitor and said, I would love to know what you're doing in corporate worship, I would be tickled to death. Because that, that would be like, wow, here's someone who takes corporate worship seriously. Right. Yeah. And I don't want to say that if you don't email and ask, you don't take it seriously. But to me, that's an amazing question to ask a church that probably most of us don't get asked. By visitors before Sunday.
1: Yeah, but why, why do you think that is? Like, what are, what do you think visitor, what's in the mind of a visitor, uh, generally speaking?
0: Yeah, visit, we're going to have to say that for another podcast. <laughs> uh, how, I to, don't, how to be a good visitor. I think, I think we do need to talk about how to be a good visitor uh, because the, I have a couple bones to pick with visitor mentality. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's for another time. So uh, maybe, maybe Isaac can. Isaac's in the room. Maybe he can write that down for us and we can we can answer that question later. How to be a good visitor. Isaac, write it down. Uh, he, I think he's reading. I don't think he listened. We'll have to talk okay. I got, I got it here. You're typing typing it. it up right okay. now. We're typing. So, right, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, I know Sunday morning we're going to sing. Uh, I know Sunday morning uh, there's going to be a pastoral prayer. There is going to be a scripture reading. There is going to be a sermon. And there's going to be an offering. And so I want to be prepared for all of those so that I may participate in each of them. And so, right for me, I don't just want to show up and be shocked that the sermon appeared. Right. And so I think you need to answer, right. What, what do I need to do in each of these cases?
1: So being prepared for each element of, of the service.
0: Yeah. Okay. So again, right. Like I'm going in and I know Gino is going to lead us in song. And so I'm going in saying, listen, I need to sing. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm not good, that's okay. Bad singing on Sunday morning is beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah. As long as it's not into the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're not going to give you a mic. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's not get carried away.
1: Um yeah, and that's why, you know, we I posted those songs on on, on uh, that song list on the YouTube cha- YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. It's for you know, there is a sense of singing familiar songs and I, I get why, you know, people walk into our church sometimes and they, they don't know any of the songs we sing and we purposely don't do um you know, songs that you would typically hear in Christian radio uh and and i we do that purposely right because you know we're we're trying to focus on content and a lot of times those songs don't have the content we're looking for right uh, but they have man they have great you know melodies right um and nothing wrong with that love a great melody but um you know focusing when we when we're thinking about singing we're focusing on the content yes and still doing the best we can on melodies i mean I'm no rock star, but you know, pretty close, (laughs) but, um, I would love, I do love beautiful music and it just, it, it, there is a level of appreciation of, of, of just good music versus, you know, uh, bad music. And to me, good music is something done in good taste and, um, you know, something that's, uh, um, still enjoyable, but not necessarily emphasizing stylistics, right?
0: Right. But I think when you, when you lead song, you're also not trying to, you're not interested necessarily in only being heard. You want everybody to participate.
1: Right. I mean, I, I think about the keys, right. When we're singing, I I purposely don't, don't choose, choose, um, really well so there's sometimes there's no way around it sometimes there's just harder keys for for like a soprano right I, I try to choose the the most middle of the ground key where most people can sing and the bigger a church grows the, the the wider the variety of voices are um so you know you'll have sopranos tenors altos and basses and all the in-betweens there but I you know i think about that when i choose songs
0: yeah, so, because you want the church to be a choir. I want this church to sing. Yeah, yeah. I want the church to sing together. Which is together. Why we don't have a choir.
1: Right, right.
0: Because, again, it's an active sport. So, walk in the door, be ready to sing. Right, right. Yeah. You know the pastor's going to open the Word and read the Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring your Bible so that you can read along in Scripture while the pastor reads.
1: Yeah, encourage your ch- children, too. Yeah. To, like, just be ready to read. Yeah. Not just stand there, right?
0: Yeah, and then you know, during the pastoral prayer, you know, he's going to pray for the church. He's going to pray for you. I think even in that pastoral prayer, like a lot of times, I put that together in such a way to where I hope someone can even learn how to address
1: our Lord. Yes, and I, I'll say that 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 pastoral prayer has definitely shaped my prayer life, right? And uh, shaped the way many many of us pray, you know, because it focuses our, focuses our attention on the things that are that uh, you know is on your heart and. Right. Um that is important, right?
0: Well, and even Spurgeon, I think you said like if you're gonna if there's uh one of the most important elements in worship is the pastoral
1: prayer. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Yep, and your and your pl- prayers do reflect biblical prayers.
0: Yes. Yeah. So again, the you you know, if you're just tuning out thinking about what you gotta do for lunch that day, uh, I would have just encouraged you, engage. Like listen. Uh and listen to the prayer uh be involved with it how you need to right uh if you're distracted you maybe don't want to to me that's why I'm not a big fan of the dancing in the congregation because it's distracting well dancing while
1: prayer would be very distracting <laughs> super distracting yes
0: i think i was trying to think is there a part in my in the service where dancing might not be distracting
1: maybe in the dancing part
0: yeah Yeah. Which we haven't had. We don't, we don't have a dancing. Yeah. We don't have a dancing part. Yeah. So when it comes dancers, you may dance. Right. Yeah. But probably, um, let's just keep praying about when we do
1: that. Post service, right? Yeah.
0: Post service. And we'll just be in prayer. We'll let you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but I think, you know, to continue that, uh, what else are we going to participate in? Uh, you, you're, there is going to be a sermon and I guess here is where your expectations really come to the floor. If you are expecting to be entertained in the sermon, hmm. uh I don't know that right, I don't write sermons to entertain you. Right. Yeah.
1: I I mean, I know um people want almost like handed everything down in a s on a silver platter. I, I love that. I love the um the uh, the work of discovery, you know, you take right. us through the text. You're giving us, um, you know, the 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 scenario, the and everything surrounding what the text, uh, what's important to the text, so that we can understand it. And I think if if you just check out, yes, you know, you're gonna miss th- why that point is important. Yes,
0: I remember the first time I realized, you know, I should take notes, and you kind of go like you try to use the bolt, and then you go, no, that's not going to work. And then you find yourself bringing a pad of paper. Like that took way too long for me to get to, but when I did it, it was helpful.
1: Yes. Um, would you, I mean, do you, you know, I mean with you, we kind of listen to you preach now for uh, several years. So we kind of know what to expect, you know, right. we know that when Jason's preaching and he says point one. You know, sometimes there's a point one, sometimes there's not a point one, and then there's point three. It's <laughs> like, how did exactly. Jason get to point three yeah. without point one and two? Yeah, well, it's because you checked out somewhere. Think, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, but you, you do do a good job um, bringing out the, the, the most important themes of the text, and that's really helpful. So, yes, I think having something to take note take notes with is always helpful um, when listening to the sermon.
0: Right. I think you you have to, so for me to prepare, right, to one to realize preach the word in season and out of season. Uh, but I mean, even in that situation, God is calling us also to hear the word of God. So preach in season and out of season also means to hear in season and out of season. Oh, right, okay. because you don't you don't have anywhere in Scripture that talks about the necessity of preaching without an audience. Mm. And so the point is that the congregation is gathering to hear the exhortation and preaching of the of the preacher for that morning. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that you're going to listen. And so to hear and to listen is an active involvement. It's an active sport. And so if you're going to listen, right, then you need to do whatever you can to engage. So in your mind, you have to tell yourself, listen. Whatever distractions I have. I'm going to set it aside and I'm going to listen intently and engage mentally in what is being addressed here.
1: And you know what, um, since you brought that up, I I remember when I was younger, I was able to, you know, stay up all night Saturday and get to church super early and um, and still be somewhat awake. Right. Yes. But as I get older, uh, I kind of need my sleep if I'm going to pay attention.
0: Yes. Yeah. I remember Rick, I remember Rick Holland used to say uh, Sunday morning begins Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Amen. And I, it starts right. So look, if you need 65 cups of coffee to listen, then drink 65 cups of coffee. Right. You know, I, and the other thing that, so for me, it would be like, Hey, look, use the restroom before service, be coffeeed up, be mentally engaged. I'll never forget. Right. In seminary, there was a guy that was preaching that was, um, the nice way to put it would be to say it was boring. Mm. But I remember deciding this is God's word and this is what God has in store for me. Really kind of accepting the situation, right? Rather than mentally fighting against the fact that he was in the pulpit, just saying, okay, you know what, God, he's in the pulpit and I'm going to listen to you through, through this preacher. I'm going to hear your word. And so I just took out my pen and paper, sat forward and engage and just blocked out the distractions and engaged him mentally. And I think those 45 minutes felt like five minutes. Yeah. And it was, it was really a lesson to me that, wow, when I really want to just tell myself, Hey, it's time to listen. It's time to learn. It's time to prep. It's time to like take notes, engage, ask, you know, sometimes I, I write notes and I ask my notes questions you know, as the, as the preacher's communicating, I'll ask a question. Sometimes they answer the question. Sometimes they don't. If they don't answer the question, I might go look it up. I might go, if I have access to talk to him, I might go talk to him. But, but to realize that the word of God is being communicated and it is for me to hear. Right. So I'm, I'm I'm ill prepared. If I'm sitting there going, I really wish my friend Charlie were here to hear this. Well, no, Mm. actually that word is for you to hear. Right. And you know, so again, your expectations. If you walk into a sermon saying, Hey, only good, only good sermons convict you, well, you, you're missing part of that, that Second Timothy exhortation to encourage, to exhort, to convict, right? And so even, even the reality is, sometimes a sermon, you know, there's been a couple of times where a preacher preaches and I'm like, Amen, Lord, I'm doing the right thing. I'm just going to keep doing it and trust you that the results will happen in your time but you've called me to do this. So I'm going to do this. Even the preacher is, is reassuring what I'm doing, you know, but sometimes you hear people and they talk and they're like, well, Oh, that was a great sermon. Cause it was convicting. And it's like, well, that's, I'm glad that you were confronted in your sinfulness. I'm glad that God showed you that that's not the way to think. Mm. Um, but there's more to that. And so I think if you're, you have to sit down and say, okay, Lord, this is the word I need to hear today for my soul. And I need to listen and be receptive and do whatever I need to do to engage. Take notes. If you take notes, I love the people that stand up in the back because they say it helps them focus better. Stand up in the back.
1: Mm. Yeah, that, t- that just takes a lot of training yourself to mm. think differently about something. Because, I mean, the problem with uh, the Internet age is that you can pull up a good sermon anytime you want. Yes. And so your level of expectation, or I don't, I don't even say level, just your expectation of uh, what to look for is already flawed if you're looking for you know um you know what you deem as a great servant right because what a great sermon is is what the lord wants you to hear that sunday right right it's it's because when the man of god stands at the pulpit giving you the word of god that's god's voice right despite how you know tired you are or despite maybe how he doesn't feel uh, or he doesn't meet the expectations of how engaging he is or how uh, funny or entertaining or whatever. Yeah. that you know?
0: That's really, at some level, the, the the warning for us is that that's borderline idolatry. Right. Because you're kind of saying, I want the sermon to be the way I want it. I want, you know, I, I love when I hear, well, I finally found a church where the, the pastor's 20 minutes and he's funny.
1: Mm.
0: And it's kind of like, well, if you wanted a comedy club like that, that's not who the Lord is. Well, I mean, and I appreciate humor.
1: Yeah, so, but should should the churchman? I mean, like, so if if a preacher is engaging God's word, he's doing the job that he's supposed to do. So, how should the churchman? Um, or I guess what should the, what should a churchman expect from a sermon? Like to fairly, like you know, if you're walking to whatever church, what should the churchman expect?
0: I think it's a good question, right? You should expect the pastor to come under the authority of Scripture and communicate the message of the Scripture.
1: Oh, I love that. Okay.
0: Yeah, and then I think it's even fair to say that it's okay for the pastor to apply the sermon to the congregation in a way that the elders deem serves the church.
1: That's fair, yeah. Right. So he's you, preaching to that church.
0: Yes, yeah. and yeah, so if you got, right, I mean, if you're preaching to... uh an audience and your church is so set in their ways that they actually are not loving one another. Then I believe it's fair for the pastor to kind of a little bit, get in their kitchen a little bit and say that, you know, or flip that on the side, on the flip side, you got a church that's loving each other and they're just worn out from loving each other. I think it's fair for the pastor to then encourage them with, Hey, you're doing the right thing. Don't lose hope. Hmm. Yeah. Right. The worst thing is when somebody's like, well, that that sermon got in my kitchen. I don't like, I'm offended that he would say that. Well, if you're offended by what was said, you probably actually needed to hear what was said.
1: Mm. I think some people, <clears throat> it's weird because uh, some people do expect to be crushed by a sermon all the time. Yeah. And like I if you didn't crush my soul, then you didn't preach a good sermon. Right.
0: Yeah, but that's not always how going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I'm looking for, were you faithful to the text? Did you communicate the message? Uh, I'm not even looking for were you the best wordsmith. Were you able to handle a thesaurus? Like that, those things don't matter to me. If you want to thesaurus your sermon, do it. But right, I don't right. care if you're in a tie. I don't care if you're not in a tie. Like,
1: <laughs> right. I think yeah. what so what you're saying is a churchman should look for uh, whether or not that preacher was faithful to the text, coming under the authority of what the text is trying to say. Yes. Because it, and you know what? If that's that's helpful because if you're if you're walking into church, engaged that way, uh, I'm like you're listening for what God is saying through the text. Yes, it's never boring. Right. Exactly.
0: And I would even go one step further. And when you sit down, remind yourself that you may be wrong about this text too.
1: Mm, good.
0: Right. Because sometimes somebody hears the preacher and they're like, "Well, that's not what that says." And yeah. the reality is that is what it says. But that that person's so set in their ways. They're not willing to yield and change their interpretation of the text.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's totally fair to to, you know, question to question maybe an interpretation. But I mean, to I think the heart when it when it becomes wrongs when your heart is like, okay, I'm checking out because he just did not say what I believe. No, right. write it down and do more study. Engage yeah. with the pastor after the sermon and ask him how he got there. Yeah. Right. And that's way more useful to your heart and soul. Yeah. And also encouraging to the pastor's soul, right?
0: Yeah. For me specific. I mean, I would love it if somebody comes after a service. Hey, how did you get like you only have so much the funny part is you only have so much time. Even if you preach for an hour, you don't have all the time to unpack every angle that you uncovered that week in the sermon. So you you literally can't always walk down to the to the ground level and look at every detail at the ground level. Sometimes you have to preach the meaning of the passage. You know, I, I still go back to that, the the Olivet Discourse, and, you know, the those who are left are the ones who are not being judged, and those who are taken away are being left to judgment. A few people came up after that sermon and said something to me like, hey, I never saw it that way. And I was glad they came up and said something. And so it, it allowed us to have a conversation, and a few people didn't buy it. Uh, but I, but a few people called me a couple weeks later and said, "Hey, you know what? You were right, mm. uh, and now I see it." And so again, if you're open to being wrong, right, then then you're willing to be conformed to the image of God. If you're not open to being wrong, the question there then is, are you are you worshiping an idol? Right. I'm not willing to be wrong on the nature of Christ, but the Bible's pretty clear on the nature of Christ. Right. Yeah. But there there are other issues where. Uh, I don't want to be wrong, but I'm wrong and I need to be told that I'm wrong and I need to confess that I'm wrong and repent and change my view.
1: Yeah. I that think when, when they, yeah, I think when people um, land too hard on a hobby horse, yes, you know, and they put all this time studying it, you know, yeah. but i that's why theology is exciting for me because um, there is always new information to learn. Yes. And so you don't want to land too hard anyway. Right. Uh, you know, especially on secondary yeah. things.
0: Yeah. And what people just, unfortunately, some people just heard you say, you don't want to have convictions. That's not what you said. No, no. You said you want to be, what I hear you saying is you want to be so teachable that you're willing to conform to a better understanding of who God is.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. convictions, um, it doesn't mean immovable. I think right. convictions means convictions mean you stand firm, right? Yes, exactly. Ephesians stand firm. Yes. Well, stand firm on what? The God's God's word, God's truth. Yeah. So and what you know to be truth, but what you know to be uh, true, um, you got to leave some flexibility because you might be wrong. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: All right. So you got, you're preparing for Sunday morning. You're preparing to sing good content. You're preparing to to listen to God's word read. You're preparing to engage and listen to sermon you're preparing to give financially i know pastors are not supposed to talk about giving financially but right you, you should not be sitting there on sunday morning with the offering oh what uh now's the time to give right now's the time like think about that friday saturday whenever you do bills write your checks if you write checks do what what are checks i'm not entirely <laughs> sure but know. right get your cash Venmo. right yeah we don't yeah venmo. we don't do venmo on sunday mornings but um right be prepared for that moment Right. The, the best givers are those who who have looked over their budget and are planning to give and are not impulsory givers like plan to give to the church what you know you need to give. And then, you know, we, we can talk about the, for people that, that question how much to give, like sit down and talk to us. We, we will help you because 10 percent is not the law. And mm-hmm. that's a whole other subject. We probably have to talk about a different day. But then the other one is uh, communion. Yes. If the Lord's Supper is being passed that day, then, you know, right. uh, You should be doing this, whether the Lord's Supper is being passed that day or not. But have I reconciled to everybody that I need to reconcile with, especially in the church, right? If I sin against my wife, uh, I I need to ask her for forgiveness, but especially before communion Sunday, you know, so in your heart of hearts, prepare Lord, I'm a believer Lord. This is to celebrate, And remember the death of your son on the cross. This is a unity action that the whole church participates in because we're centered around the gospel. Like there should be some mental preparedness and actual preparedness, right? So if the first time you hear me say on Sunday morning or when you hear when you hear us say on Sunday morning, hey, go and reckon before you, you know, go and reconcile before you take the cup. If you've heard that said six times and today you were like, oh yeah, I forgot to do that. Yeah, you, your preparations got to be a little better. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, that's why we do communion every other week. Right. It's, um, it, I mean, we, we would do it as much as we could given the um, uh, situation, circumstance, but uh, it does force us to think highly about the cross and reconciliation and our relationship should reflect the relationship that God has with us right forgiven reconciled
0: yes okay so listen we are answering the question how do I prepare for corporate worship Uh, we are at the end of our first podcast so uh, we have more to answer Though we have more to talk about
1: yes so so
0: we are gonna have to this is gonna be a two-part podcast I like it. So we are, you're, you're going to want to come back for part two because part two, I think uh, is we are going to talk about the, the part of preparing for corporate worship that I think a lot of people don't realize they need to think about. Mm. There is one issue that we haven't addressed and I would say it is the most overlooked underrated part of corporate worship.
1: Right. Any hints?
0: Uh, listen, everyone, that was your hint. <laughs> okay, okay. Everyone is there on Sunday. Ah, everyone is there on Sunday. So we are King the end of your podcast music. The end of the podcast music has been keyed. This is Jason Vaughn with Gino Guillermo. And we look forward to part two. Mm-hmm.